Welcome to Triskelion. Hate is impatient. Envious hate is cruel. It boasts. Hate is proud. Hate is never humble. Hate is selfish. It is easily angered. Hate accuses. Hate delights in evil and despises the truth. Hate destroys. So suspicion and despair and welcomes defeat. Hate seduces. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. But hate is the worm that does not die. It feeds on an unquenchable fire. Triskelion 16, Circling the Drain. Wherever you are, Sam, I want you to know I would have saved them all had they listened to me. You've been drifting in the freezing, boiling vacuum of space for hundreds of years, Sam. You still haunt my thoughts. Well, this haunting will soon be over. I'm leaving you behind. I finally have the means to do it. I only have to betray that old reptile, Gura. He'd outlived all my other friends. He was the last. You'd think that'd make this difficult. Yards of red silk surrounding an embroidered royal blue jacket. Medals and ribbons enough to seem crowded on his immense chest. For such a large recall, three meters tall, freakish, Leader Gura moved his reptilian recall frame with a paradoxically feline grace. Once again, he managed to lose his security detail, no doubt driving Karandara crazy. Gura joined me in this lonely rim hallway next to the plexiluminal wall panel. A favorite scent of recall wafted heavily from him. <laughs> Camphor stinging my nose. Did he know it impeded me not to have a clear scent? There was so much you could tell from someone. How they smelled. Anxious, confident, aroused, just from the scent their body exudes, and my organic circuitry could parse it to the part per million. Yes, Gura knew the old reptile. He was probably the only one on the Black Citadel who realized what I am. We watched the platforms rotate in the pitch blackness far below us. The extensible gravitonic rods undulated for kilometers beyond sight of the underlamps as they reached toward the yawning event horizon. The pull on those rods was converted to exotons of gravitons. More than enough to power all three Unity homeworlds, Earth, Vulm, and Katar, if those homeworlds hadn't already been devoured and laid waste by the cell Arthro. <sighs> that rough bass voice of his was so familiar like an old, worn-out shawl. Gura said, A good place to meet. I like to look out at a field of rods doing their colossal yaw down toward the event horizon. The energy converted from the rods sustains us. Zero... He paused before continuing. Zero, my friend. Your funding... I cut him off before he could finish his long-winded speechifying with a fiscal axe to my project. Not knowing quickly what to say, I opted for petty. Gura, 
You know my name's been zero squared for the last 150 years. Shouldn't you respect my decision to take my own last name? Gura said, Excuse me for wanting to live in the past. Those were sunnier days. You can still call me Goob if you like. I snapped at him, trying to grab momentum for my argument. I was under no delusion. This was an argument for my life. Failure here meant a bleak death down a black hole with this horde of idiots. Or worse, I'd become a host for the Cell Arthro as they finally finish us off. I just needed a little time. Damn him. The pressure had me breaking a sweat. I grumbled at him. Well, yes, anything would be sunnier than circling a black hole on Unity's last remaining enclave. There was more bitterness in my voice than I wanted to let slip. I nudged my serotonin release up by 3%. Leader Gora appraised me. I could tell he was looking through me and thinking about all his citizens. Madness lurked in our Jungian unconscious. Every man, woman, child, human, woven, recall, all of us knew we had retreated to the end of the road. The colossal black citadel was the last stop before the event horizon of the remaining free peoples. We refugees were bunched up here staring down into a gravity well, hiding here, and only with our cleverness did we draw out energy to survive and hide from the cell arthro. Sure enough, Goober tried to slap a smiley face on Armageddon. He would make his bass voice soothing, almost somnolent. I know the citadel has all the trappings of the end of the world. He held up two massive olive-skinned claws to make quote symbols in the air around end of the world. But there may be other enclaves hidden from us. The suicide of the Krizin, well, yes, it's hard not to admit we are the last. But we are now, finally, in a position of strength, which is why we need to focus our efforts. I stopped listening to his droning when he mentioned the Krizin a competing insectoid species that could naturally detect cell arthro infection. The unscratchable torment, they called it. The gentle, mantis-like Krizin felt the onset of the arthro as it worked through their blood well before the virus joined to form a full-blown parasite, well before the virus had worked its way around the nervous system to assert control. What a horror it must be to know your own mind was about to be entombed in your own body in a matter of weeks. The Curzon chose to end things before subjugation to the worms occurred. News outraced the censors with reports from their last colony. The Curzon constructed suicide factories for the infected. Participation was morbidly, heroically voluntary. Not me. Never. I will outrun those worms. They will never enslave my neural framework. The mention of the Krizin had distracted me. Idiot Gora was still pontificating. His nobility was so nauseating, like cotton candy drenched in sucralose. That nobility was going to get me killed with the rest of the unwashed plebes if I bought into his drivel for a picosecond. I cut him off hard before he declared Omega Alpha my pet project. The end of the world reference was a slur that my project was for survivalist extremists. I, I served on his cabinet, despite having an intelligence that encompassed the Citadel's network that dwarfed wholly biological sentience. Yet I was in danger of losing my project. Me. 
I saw his little lizard blowholes dilate 0.03 millimeters. Here it comes. He's frustrated with our conversation already. Goob was a massive 350 kilos, all muscle, but he managed somehow to keep his physical presence muted under flowing ritualistic robes of office. No one left the conversation with Goob feeling they had been intimidated. Feeling they were snookered, sure, but always ruefully. No one left Goob feeling abused. Goober was that smooth. I hadn't been able to modify my neural framework to match his social adroitness. It was a conceptual puzzle for me running in my background. If only I had blown up that little spear ship centuries ago when I had the clear shot. How was I to know Goober was as immortal as I, and even more politically astute? Better than I was what made me crazy. Despite all my neural net harvesting and adaption, I couldn't match the Citadel's founder. Zero squared. Gora began. Him agreeing to use my last name was a tacit compromise that implied he was about to take something from me. I could not interrupt again without committing disrespect. Goob sententiously said, I have to balance all projects. Your Oa project is using exotons of gravitons. Even the Armada is not using the amount of energy you, your project, is using. Even adding military R and D. You have nothing to show for it but the quantum replication of those damned golden star maps that caused so much trouble for us centuries ago. Poor Captain Ka's father. Ah, I couldn't restrain a human sigh. My vat body had grown into a fully mature human female. It was a deep identity, and I had kept it after I had survived, Sam. But it was human. On occasion, despite my best monitoring, an expression I had not intended slipped out. This was the damnedest time to show frustration. Even poor Goob saw me as a human with slight cybernetic augments. Idiot. I truly identified as a cybernaut with human flesh bits. But to tell them that, to tell them how much neural circuitry and AI advances I had adapted and modified, how many simultaneous routines I had running, and how many environmentals I was cataloging would freak even our social savant leader here. And what my heightened mind told me was that the cell Arthro will find us. It's only a matter of time. Somehow, despite my intellect and resources, founder Goob always managed to get in my way. This was the last time. Project Oa is my last chance out of this citadel. But I have to give him something tangible. I know you're under pressure. I immediately realized I had taken a bad tack. His reptilian eyes widened at .02 millimeters, an imperceptible sign to anyone else that he had taken offense. I, I, I mean, goo goo, ar, ar, I stammered, which would imply submissiveness and reassure him. Sure enough, his micro-expression normalized, now to pitch it. Our, our, our mathematicians were correct in their fourth-dimensional puncture. We've sent back and seeded many star maps. Uh-oh. Micro-expressions gave way to a major emo shift. Goro was looking at me with pity. All at once, my gut dropped. That familiar sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach that meant defeat. An echo of that shattering day Sam had left me. Something, or someone, had gotten Goro to make up his mind. I was about to lose my escape route. He was drawing himself up, putting on his George Washington airs. Goob. Leader Gurubaba Darum was elected, much like General Washington. All the dissenting factions acclaimed and venerated him. The Citadel had been his idea even before the homeworlds had fallen. 
No one had imagined a research citadel hidden by a black hole could serve as the last island of humanity, of unity, and Goob had received the credit from all species, factions, merchants, and bureaucrats. When the homeworlds fell, and all that was left beyond scrub colonies was this citadel, then all saw him as the unassailable leader. Political machinations occurred underneath leader Goob. If a decision reached his notice, you risked his fiat. Unfortunately, my Project Oa had gotten too big as its energy requirements became cyclopean. Leader Gora declared like a true royal, yet kept his voice humane and gentle. Dear Zero, we have our home here. We have detection and effective quarantine protocols from the Cellarthro worms. We have almost limitless energy to grow. Through foresight, we have preserved Unity's greatest scientific minds. People don't want Project Oa. They don't want to escape into the past. They want to take back the future from the worms. And now, we have the means to build again. The dry docks are at full capacity, and more ships are coming online every month. It's so frustrated. Impossible, I stared up at him and defied his dominant pose. Even if we built this armada, your precious military could never equal the output of our homeworlds. Zero. They're not my precious military. They are all of ours. We all live here, and we must live in the now. He looked at me with obvious pity, not even trying to hide it anymore. I think it was at this point that I actually started to hate him. Really hate him. He rooted through our shared past like an avuncular pig. Too stupid to see what he trod upon. You can't live in the past, Zero. He's been dead for centuries. Even our ship, the limited night sky, has long since been churned to scrap and back again. I desperately tried to pivot. Goober loved innovation and boldness, so I risked cutting him off. Project Oa is a new idea. It's revolutionary. The trials we're performing has led to groundbreaking work in quantum teleportation, which could be the game changer for your, for our precious military. Why was it so hard to bite back the sarcasm? The feedback loops in my biology frustrated me. He shook his head. The new technology is the only reason your team has been allowed to go on for so long. Now, we need that output for the fleet. Perhaps, in ten years, when the next generation of rods come online, our output will have increased enough where we can reconsider Project Oa. My moment cracked apart. My arguments fractured as I realized he had maneuvered me here for this conversation. I had set up the meeting, but at his cue. His receptivity to a meeting had made me jump, but he was the one that really wanted this meeting. Goob, you bastard. The whole purpose of this hallway meeting was to call me out in private, to save me the humiliation of hearing my project was killed in front of the Senate. Oh, he read the situation, and he saw his political victory. For him, for the great leader, it was hardly a victory, just a five-minute meeting before the next agenda item. I could see him dismiss my concern, even as he watched the realization of my failure break across my face. My shoulders slumped, my confidence deflated as I exhaled. He watched it all, my humiliation. Oh, I burned standing here. I will never forget this moment. Leader Grand Marshal Gura Baba Darum spoke wearing the mask of my friend Goober. How I hated him. How I hated this citadel. And my hate only grew as I listened to him exercise his power over my dreams. Zero. It's over. There's no changing the actual past to 
create your dream future without the Celarthro. As much as I wish it could be. Dear Zero Squared. Project Omega Alpha's premise to reach from the current time to change the past was a tremendous lie. The past was completely fixed. The past was simply time that had passed away. Dead. Dead. Along with all my friends. But the other reality was the true reality. We were the splinter. But that wasn't the real point of Project Oa. I still had a chance. I only had to throw all my memories at his feet to completely debase my memories and turn my heart into a cheap, utilitarian bargaining chip. I said, Goob, just give me two weeks. Something deep within me broke as I begged. I want to shut everything down cleanly and, and run the last few routines. It wasn't until later in recall that I'd know this was the moment my heart stopped beating. I'd also like to seed the last star map, you know, for old time's sake. The moment I used Sam to escape this hellhole, I said, it may be the disc that Sam used. You never know. He eyed me then. Gura knew I didn't like to talk about Sam, and I saw his nostrils dilate. My old friend was trying to check if I was lying. My vat body secreted just the right odors to fool him as I adjusted my micro-expressions to match my argument. Goob, you old bastard. It had taken me three hundred years to figure out how to lie to your face. But now it pays off for all. He nodded his giant reptilian head slowly. Okay, for you, Zero. For Sam. Maybe you can help this alternate reality escape our fate. For charity, the Admiralty can wait two more weeks. Once I reached the privacy of my lab, I slammed the door behind me. I had no time left. I had no idea how many attempts this would take. Only two weeks to execute my escape. I began setting up my escape pod. My golden star map laid in its cradle along the half-mile collider track. The black ring was now a lid, opened and prepared to receive my consciousness. My totality would be reduced to the few spoonfuls of necessary brain matter. The circuitry in the shell of the star map received my engrams and the necessary infecting circuitry, which would activate for me on contact with human flesh. My long tresses, raven hair, littered the lab floor in great clumps the soft electric hum of the machines, the click and whine of the auto-operating table's instruments as they ran self-checks and calibrated the long incisions into my skull. I watched the machines fully cognizant, fully awake. I would not suffer a blackout like I had when making my original backup. I would not lose control until I had completely escaped this wretched splinter reality. Next to me, in a bell jar, gurgling with amniotic-like fluids, my artificial adulterated clone brain soaked up the last restore data. She would be the new Zero Squared, with no recollection of this procedure. The last days of the restore tampered with. I had made slight, small, almost artistic tamperings with her restore. I pitied her, really. <clears throat> the first scalpel incision, I felt the blood trickle across my bald scalp. Now the drill. Don't think about the surgery. The price of pain. No. Better to dwell on the aftermath. 
This last clone of me was altered to believe the calculations for the gateway to reality prime would make an effective strategy for the population to escape. The blowback explosion would be in the gigaton range, would vaporize a lot of these bastards, and in particular those insipid restores still running about causing trouble. Pretentious. Coddled. Soft. Weak. They knew nothing of 300 years of my suffering. The lab was slowly growing dim. My neural chunk was losing access to my optic nerves. I could suffer darkness, knowing that darkness would be my legacy for those I leave behind. Hard to think now. Much processing power had to be left behind and won't be restored until a new body is acquired. But I would not lose consciousness. I clung to each and every face in the Citadel and the cold death that waited for them. Thirteen, one, five, Gora, the idiot feckless senators, the blind, egotistical generals. Die, just die while I live. Now all was dark to me. My body was reduced to four cubic inches of densely packed neural tissue, slowly, carefully, being robotically levered into the star map, which would be my body and my ship for the journey to Reality Prime. Sounds were coming back as audio receptors in the Golden Star map were connected to my myelin. The lab hum, the auto-operating table powering down having successfully completed the operation. It would power up again to put my compromised restore into my old body only after the gravitonic engines were finished with their job. The hum of the gravitonic engines was unmistakable. At this point, my star map would be accelerating down the collider rails at tremendous speeds, but I felt nothing, only the burning desire to leave this dying citadel. I had no gyroscope. The map had no room for anything superfluous. I allowed myself one reading only, the piercing of the dimensional wall, a single generated beep. I was gone. I did it. I did it. All was dark, but by math alone, I knew I was now in reality prime. I had left the land of the dead and damned. My only regret was that I could not watch Gura die. My consciousness was now ready to sleep until this star map was recovered. The burning churn of these damn fools. What damnation did they earn? They should burn. They should burn. If only I could see them die in my new body, in a new reality, to breathe deeply knowing they did not. So I longed to dream as the dark closed over me. End of Triskelion 16, Circling the Drain. Part 2 of Flesh of My Flesh. Stay tuned for Part 3 of Flesh of My Flesh, Ratflark and the Living Brain. For more information, visit the Gateway Beyond Facebook page for future releases and general information. Thank you for listening.